thank you first of all because this has not been revealed yet so you it, it's a first reveal on karma dentistry uh, uh, what they call it a special if you like um, Welcome to the Karma Dentistry Podcast. Today we have our good friend Ahmed. Uh, he's, a, um, he's, a, he's a dentist uh, based in London and um, he's going to introduce himself and we will talk in the next 30 to 45 minutes about his passion for dentistry uh, and uh, um, creating uh, natural looking composite restorations. Um, Ahmed, thank you for, for joining us. Uh, would you like to int introduce yourself to our audience? Hi guys, thank you for having me first and foremost. Um, so I'm Ahmed, um, I'm based in London. I graduated from the University uh, of Birmingham in 2014. And uh, currently I do a mix of NHS and private dentistry uh, based in central London, yeah. So. And um, uh, you mentioned that you do both private and NHS. Um, uh, some of our listeners may not be uh, 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 may not may not know how the system works. Can you tell the difference between private and NHS? What it is and and what it means for you? So the NHS is basically the national health service that we have in, in the UK. It's a way of providing. Um, dentistry for the masses. Um, not everyone can afford dentistry, but uh, with the NHS, we're kind of governed by um, sort of the government. Uh, the way it works is that there are three bands or tiers, if you like uh, band one, band two, and band three. And each of those bands consists or entails a certain financial cost to the patient. So and one is essentially an examination including x-rays, scaling and polishing, and um, treatment planning in general, oral hygiene instruction, a prescription sometimes, like that. And that's around £22.70 or 20 for 25 euros um, just for the international. Uh, band two will be band one, so all of the things in band one, plus the fillings. So you can have one filling, you can have 10 fillings, root canals, you can have one root canal, you can have 10 root canals. It's still the same band. So the patient will only pay 62 pounds, 10 pence, again, around 65 euros. You can see why it's a bit of a controversial system. Yeah. And finally, band three, uh, that would be band one, band two, and then anything from crowns, bridge work, um, and uh, mouth guards. So that would be a cost of 260 10, so about 275 euros. So a patient essentially can have 
everything from band one to band three for 275 euros in total which is crazy Whoa, uh, yeah it is and yeah, what if you have a, what if you have a lab fee it, it comes on top of that or it's included in the price yeah no so it's included the patient only paying 25 euros or 269 pounds that's um, crazy you did in fees yeah it's and crazy it, and it doesn't matter if which you is do, why it doesn't matter if you do one restoration or for example 10 no so same. you still get paid this the same yeah it's crazy and then you have to put on top if you are an associate you'll get half of that money if that happens. so the way we are paid for a band one we get something called uh, one uda which is a unit of dental activity so that generally on on average is about 10 pounds um, for a band you get three units of dental activity so that's 30 pounds and for a band three you get units of dental activity which is about 120 pounds average so you can imagine someone like me sitting around sitting on one patient for three hours doing root canal fillings hygiene planning x-rays crown cementing of the crown minus lab bill and then taking away maybe 80 euros which is yeah that's insane that's mad. Yeah. yeah yeah even crazier than our system is yeah <laughs> And then you have yeah I, I I I remember yeah yeah and and then you have private dentistry and in private dentistry you can ask whatever you like is that or is that true yes so yeah. so with the private sector it's usually um, I split it into two parts I personally split it into how much time something will take me and what the costs are from the lab so depending on the material that the patients depending on the lab because there are some high-end labs as you guys know and there are some again average labs that we use for day-to-day -day. Um, it's about giving the patients the options to choose um, as i say even private not everyone can afford the high-end stuff and not everyone wants the low-end substitute so you always have to have like a middle ground for things like that um, but we we usually have guidelines um, and, and I just tailor in the time that will that something will take me yeah, yeah so that, but at least at least your at least your patients can decide for themselves what kind of quality they want right so I think exactly. for the, in the NHS, it's very, maybe very badly regulated for the dentist, but at least the patients in the UK can decide for themselves, for themselves, I want high-end uh, dentistry um, and I can go to a private practice uh, or, I, or I don't really care at all and just have my teeth <laughs> butchered. And, um, and and let's see how it end, uh, ends yeah. up anyway. Um, so I think in in the Netherlands, the the for the dentists, uh, it's it's not ideal. But for the, the patients, cannot decide 
to have high quality dentistry because there's no way for them to see um, which which practice or which dentist offers high quality dentistry because all the, the prices are yeah, all exactly. fixed. So they don't have a clue. Yeah. Um, and uh, I mean, this is the same here. This is it's so here because um, I do dentistry. I I choose to take my time. I choose to do that MB two on an upper molar. Yeah. Uh, you know, I choose to isolate everything. You know, if I could isolate an extraction, I would. Yeah, it's the same for you guys. Uh, I, I mean, it's the same for you guys. It's it's really what you want to clinician, what we want to uh, pass to our patients, because you could choose to be that ninety five percent of other clinicians who just do the conveyor belt dentistry we call it so like a tesco supermarket you just scan the patient in and out um or you you take pride in what you do you do it properly okay you're not getting you're not getting paid for it what you should do i think in the long term things balance out and patients will eventually know who is a freak or martin of and who isn't and and it's 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 what what's inside you and what you want to achieve i think that oh. uh, dictates how you approach your job oh. so for me it's not i i'm never i'm never um motivated by the finances i actually want to produce good work and and the rest takes care of itself i think no yeah, I think Frank and I totally uh, agree with that. Um, uh, we both also do it for the passion of, of dent, dent, dentistry and not because of the revenue or the, uh, the financial side. Um, uh, when did you know you wanted to become a dentist? <laughs> so there's a really interesting story about that. When I was, I think, in my early... Of 10 to 13 I always wanted to be an architect because I just love drawing I love designing I used to sit there and paint all the time and then um, when we were I think 12 or 13 we had an opportunity at school to apply to a job that we saw as a future career so we had a one-week work experience they called it and we were very lucky because we had a architect office right near near where I live. So I went in and I said, we have a work experience for school. Can I come watch? I'm interested to be an architect. And I sat there and I was so bored. I was so bored. I was like, where are the drawings? Where are the artworks? It's literally having cups of tea, going on site, and then going back and having another cup of tea. And I was like, there's only so much tea I can drink in a day. <laughs> so um yeah so really i wanted something to combine love art and at the same time being able to to be with people people and dentistry is is the perfect, perfect you can be an artist you can be a surgeon you can be a psychologist you can be whatever you 
it, it, it it's a multi-field profession um it's always different very easy challenging so I, I found my kind of niche if you like so i thought that i wanted to be a dentist um, yeah nice yeah um, how about you guys yeah i think um it's 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 really funny uh, what you said because i think if you ask a lot of dentists that we are interviewing right now for our podcast everybody has a creative side if i look at freak uh, he was drawing from a very early age drawing painting same from same for me i was always being creative wanted to make things i couldn't make but i was three i wanted to make a tree house that that i could live in for example and was and i was frustrated that it that it didn't work out um always creative and if i uh, didn't become a dentist I would have done something in in architecture or uh, uh, yeah. design designing logo designing um, building brands mm -hmm. stuff like stuff 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 like that really creative and if we look in our Instagram group we have a we have a lot more people who have the same passion if you look at uh, if you look at uh, Minesh uh, if he wasn't a dentist he would probably do something with designing I know uh, Celine uh, did architecture before she started studying den uh, dentistry. Mm -hmm. So there are there are a lot of um, yeah, connections between the creative yeah, side and true. dentistry. And it's, it's really nice to see that people who are passionate about their job also have that passion for the creative side of the, uh, of the job. Yeah, it's funny because because just, before I before I I, I um, uh, signed myself up for dentistry or. If, if I would not have been able to do dentistry, I would have done industrial design. So I, so I signed up for both studies and then, then I won good. the lottery and was able to do dentistry because I, I, did, I didn't have super high grades from high school. So I, I needed a bit of luck. I think I had just 12% chance of getting myself into dental school. Um, Me too. And um, and and if I, I if I wouldn't have made it, then I then I would be doing industrial design, and um, yeah, that's that's funny. Maybe maybe that's even something you could you could recognize recognize a passionate aesthetic dentist uh, that, that, that he also does something like drawing, architecting, designing. And um, of course, in your in your in your posterior restorations, uh, Ahmed, we can see the the painting of the fissures, and 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 <laughs> and you and you've been granted uh, Stal Italiano silver membership. You uh, just uh, uh, said so. Congratulations! Yeah, this is a first. Congratulations! A first. With, yeah, congratulations with that Thank one. You. It's a big Thank achievement. You. Thank right? you. Yeah, it's a it's a it's, it's a so really much. big achievement um how does how does that work because when i look at your work and i look to your instagram page i see a, a lot of connections with style either uh, style italiano um how did you uh how did you get to get to learn him because i know you did a the the how do they call it? the daily menu course yeah, right the daily menu, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, how did it all start with with style italiano so uh, again, this is a it goes back to university actually. Um, uh, thank you first of all because this has not been revealed yet. So you, it, it's a first reveal on karma dentistry. Uh, what they call it a special, if you like. Um, so I, when I was in fourth year, I had a very good uh, teacher and mentor who's also 
like unbelievably passionate about dentistry. His name is Mackenzie. Uh, I don't know if you've heard of him. But he used to always love the aesthetics and making things look pretty and fisher teeth and characterization and all of that. And I was fortunate enough to be on study module in our final year. And I remember seeing these colored instruments and I used to think, why do we have these oily silver things and these guys have these red, green and blue and all of this. And the one that really caught my attention was the Fisora, the green one with the... Uh, and asked him, where do you get these from? I, I would like to buy it for my own sort of use. And he told me about Stade Italiano. So there was me being eager, went back home typed up to tell you, I was like, whoa, this is crazy. Like Vanini and these guys. Um, and I was like, I have to do the course. But see, being a student, you have much money. I'm living out of London, Birmingham, so I'm costing my parents even more money. There's no way for me to say, you know what, once I graduate, can you just give me the money for this? So I did my degree, finished my first year, saved up some money. Not that it was too expensive, but... And I went on the daily menu just to see how these guys made this amazing instrument. And little did I know, it was more than just a green fasora. The philosophy of um, their dentistry or how to approach their dentistry, it changed my life completely so before that i was one of the people that were guilty of spending two hours to try and add the micro cusp on the big cusp and then put another cusp on that cusp and it was not necessary they showed me how to be efficient how to predictable but more importantly how to also give high-end dentistry without spending four hours on the distal aspect of uh, a cusp. So it was that philosophy being teachable, repeatable and feasible that opened my eyes to the dentistry. And if you go back to my old dentistry before that, you'll see um, just about four days at Stade Italiano completely changed my life completely and then I followed it on with the advanced course um, we also had a competition on their website um, about using bulk fill again we were lucky I was one of the winners so they invited us for another two day again advanced course using bulk fill um, and then it was just being as well so uh, and there yeah three and a half years later I'm one of the Stadionos. Nice. Great cool. Congratulations. Really nice. Thank you. And Thank uh, you. where did your passion for dentistry come from? Um, I think it was, I think it's not the fact that it was dentistry. When I first applied to do work experience in a dental practice, that's when I realized that's what I wanted to do. As I said, 
he was also one of those guys at school that were not very hideous. So I was very lucky to get onto dentistry in the, but I had to do another degree and then reapply. And so it took me a lot longer to get to my goal. So I feel like that has made me more appreciative of the position that I'm in. If I wasn't a dentist, I was probably going to be sitting in an office somewhere. Um, so the passion comes from my dad, actually. So my dad's a chef. It's got nothing to do with degree. I think he left school very early on, became a chef in pastries and making desserts and stuff. And then, but he used to tell me one thing you can never achieve what you did in life without grafting. And he, for me, it's my role model in grafting. So he would drop me and my brothers off to school in the morning, and then I wouldn't see him till the next morning. And in holidays, he would send us to a holiday, but he would be working. That was the most sort of busiest time for them, summer. So it's not just a passion of dentistry. It's a passion for whatever you do. You can be whatever, a chef, dentist, uh, whatever. It's just that graft of being proud in your work, yeah. responsible in what you do. And the last thing that he used to put in my mind is, he used to say to me, if your patients don't know what you're doing and you cheat or you deceive or you lie, there will be the question at the end, which is God's. He will ask you, why did you So I always have that in my mind, whether you believe in God or not. But that was the thing that really, whenever I do anything, I think, if I do this to the best of my ability, I have to answer for it one day. And, and that's, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Just be appreciative of where I am. I think what, what's really recognizable is that everybody we spoke so far uh, told the same about being passionate about anything in your life like the passion is not we are not born as a passionate dentist i think i think um i think all all dentists who are passionate about their works uh, about their work uh, are passionate in a lot of other things in their in their lives as well uh, like um uh, i like i like i'm passionate about dentistry but when i cook i try to be really clean as well and i i like to have nice slices as well and it's it's like something it's like you learn to be passionate passionate about anything and and uh, for me i learned to be passionate through dentistry maybe and maybe instagram has helped that a lot because when i saw thomas ta for instant for instance uh, on instagram um maybe half year after i graduated i thought wow he's he's so passionate about his work and that and that's really inspiring and i think from from that moment on i i submit i wanted I, I wanted to do beautiful beautiful dentistry as well and and um and then i think it's it yeah it, it maybe sounds very strange but instagram really changed <laughs> changed my life a bit um how how do you how do you 
how is that for you? I, th I think we, we, we met, of course, through, through Instagram. We were part of the rubber dam fam <laughs> from the beginning. Yeah. Um, yeah. The um, MSc uh, University of Instagram. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, as you said, uh, it, it, it's really, um, it, it, it goes back to the fact that the, the patients don't know what good dentistry is. You can give the most of the time. They don't know the difference between a tint or a characterization and the fingerprint. It, it, to them, it's a white or tooth colored filling. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. So when we're doing it, when we're doing it, so I remember um, when I when I was in Milan um, and I did a I did a, um, a talk. I said that a lot of dentists do their work for Instagram or Facebook, but it, is it for you or is it for your patient or is it just for Facebook and your Instagram account? So there was a slide. Remember. So I, I do it for me and my patients, for my, for my patients, first of all, for my pride in my work. If, for example, one of my patients ends up in Freak's uh, office or Martin's office, whatever reason, and they look at the work, I don't want them to think, oh, rubbish, what, what is this? So when I see good dentistry in my patients, like I remember this lady from Japan, I tell you, I have never seen such beautiful amalgams in my life. That's what I want people to say about my work, you know, to to see the hard work, the graft, the dedication. That's it. It's not for the Instagram. That's no, no, I, I, I think, I think it, through, through Instagram, we can, we can be inspired and amazed and and um, exactly and and um and also with your photography if you if you photograph if you photograph your work and you think well maybe my work is not ready yet to be photographed uh what is it ready Absolutely. for <laughs> um, you know you know yeah. that's another thing that's a really big thing as well so for my early days i think from from the minute i graduated I kept an x-ray of every single endodontic work I done. Now I keep a, 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 an x-ray of everything. We take pictures of every, every single case, unless the patient just doesn't want the pictures. And I remember, I remember early on, I used to go home and I zoom, cause, because when you're just on two and a half or three and a half or four and a half, especially in your early days you can't see that much detail unless you zoom into your pictures i agree and i used to zoom I said, oh no what have i done why is this cusp here how is this line here i, I used to beat myself up about it the patient in the next closet oh i love it i'm so happy i'm like do you mind come back in just hey why do you want me to come back in oh i just need to do this for my ocd for my own personal no, don't worry about it. I used to convince the patient to come back just because I knew there was some deficiency in something. So photography definitely helps. Um, but again, it doesn't, it's not for Instagram. It's for us to improve our work. Absolutely. Um, if you don't photograph, 
if you don't audit your consistently and continuously, you won't how to improve. And I remember a, a very good clinician at school, he used to tell me, never call anything a mistake. It's a learning opportunity, but only if you take that opportunity that you've got from that mistake. Uh, absolutely. Every mistake is a learning opportunity. Yeah, I totally agree. What I, um, um, I also take a lot of photos during the day. And sometimes when I'm not happy about the aesthetic result, I put a photo uh, on, my, on my screen or I put it in Keynote and then I start drawing the correct anatomy and see what I should change. And by doing that 10, 20, 50, 100 times, you get a much better feeling for where the natural anatomy should, should be. Uh, and the same for uh, cases that I do over multiple treatments. For example, when, I do, when I'm doing an anterior case, um, after um, completing the anterior, I see the patient back in a week or so for, for, um, for a follow-up. And I always draw lines uh, over the line angles. Is this line angle cor cor correct? Should this be better? Um, but also some cases where I, um, for example, do um, an indirect composite. Um, and I take a photo after preparation and when I'm going to make the indirect composite, I already draw on my computer where the anatomy should be, uh, just to give you an example. And when you visualize it, you visualize the end result, you get way better results uh, than when you don't take any pictures and you just um, keep repeating the same mistake because, uh, or yeah, so what you're saying, you should see it as an opportunity. And if you don't take the opportunity, it will always be a mistake. Um, and you don't, you don't learn from it. F from it. Yeah. Sorry, your computer froze froze a little, little bit. I couldn't hear you. Yeah, I, I said absolutely. This this is the whole this, this I think this is the option. Instagram, Facebook, these they're platforms to help inspire yep. like mind individuals and hopefully um, get people that don't necessarily have that same approach to want to have that same approach. Overall, I think as dentists, we've lost a lot of credibility amongst media in general. I mean, look, look at what people say about it. They're greedy. They just nice cars. Um, or they, they want money. We've lost respect. Um, you know, no one says that about lawyers. No one says that about, you know, other the bankers, say. No offense to the bankers. They've shut down economies, but yet no one says, oh, they're bad people. Um, so we have a really bad reputation. Yeah. And on top yeah. of that, it's scary patients. No one wants to sit in that chair. No one wants to drill. No one wants to see a needle. So, a part of these things which are factors that prevent patients wanting to come to see us we have a bad reputation i think in my opinion and i think by trying to bring passion to more people or share that hopefully in the long or the, the wider picture we can actually 
improve our credibility and reputation amongst our patients and people because yeah. you know uh, i i personally think we've we've lost recently yeah i think you have a very good point here and i also recall uh, um some res some investigation in the netherlands where they asked uh, people on the streets what do you think about dentists uh greedy they exactly what you said luxury cars um, they earn a lot of money um, um yeah very we have a very bad reputation in the netherlands as well but when they ask the same person what do you think of your own dentist oh he's fantastic <laughs> he's he has done this and this and this so it's like <laughs> I I hope that's that's indicating like um, a, a slow change about uh, uh, perce the perception of uh, of dentistry um, in our in our country at least because it was a very typical very typical response like first saying oh dentists are are greedy dentists are bad uh, they and then then the same person what do you think of your own dentist oh he's fantastic never had such a good dentist <laughs> amazing <laughs> well, see that's a start it's a start yeah. it's a start it's a start and uh, yeah. what are your plans for the future um so I'd like to have my own place one day. I can hopefully bring all of my ideas um, and, uh, together. Um, I would like to do more teaching, definitely. Um, sort of maybe split my time half in clinic and office and half teaching because I think you know, I know I've got a long way to go. Uh, I, I'm, I still have lots to learn. But if I can just share some of the passion that I have with fellow colleagues, and hopefully they can share with more of their colleagues and their patients, hopefully together we can make dentistry a more respected profession again. Um, also, help people to see dentistry the way you seen not like we see sometimes with the tiles on page i know patients can choose but i feel like we can patients make right decisions um even going to these b1 bxl shades we can still try to make them look natural but being out there and cursing one another and saying this and did a bad job, this person did it, it doesn't help. But if we can, if I can sort of become more of a role model than that in terms of teaching, helping my, myself first and my colleagues uh, improve dentistry, then I think that, that's what I want to do one day. My own office, main training center in the office, who knows? We should dream big, right? absolutely um, so yeah um maybe we can have the rubber dam fam office uh yeah. but yeah I, I, th th this is why i think style italiano is so good because actually the way the philosophy of style italiano if we all have the same 
course, the same approach to things. If I had a patient that was in Holland, say, go to Martin, go to, go to Bill, go to whoever, because the philosophy is the same, the approach is the same. It, it works, it just works. Um, that network of people. So I have lots of patients here in Romania, let's say, or from other European countries. In England, dentistry is much more expensive. Now, you can still get the high-quality dentistry that you want for a more affordable price from someone like Dan Lazar. I, I don't know if you guys know him. I yeah. mean, amazing. That's incredible. Um, you know, people want to go to Turkey to do dental tourism. Okay, I know a few good Turkish dentists, but this one, I can recommend you this one. Yeah. And I think this is the best way to help our patients to this is that I'm sure you see too. Mm. A patient has come back from wherever in the world, spent a fortune, a fortune, and now it's all abscess infections and it all needs to come off and it's going to cost 10 times more to correct. Yeah, absolutely. Or it's an extraction yeah. and dentures. Yeah. So I think my vision in, in, in the future is to try and improve the image of dentistry and dentists as a whole, as a whole by first of all improving myself and um, I would like to have my own office one day uh, but I want I don't want to worry about the and business part of the office I still want to do the dentistry stuff which I think will be very difficult but I don't know how we'll, maybe we can talk about that one day yeah <laughs> <laughs> nice um, how about how about you guys yeah um i uh, i would um like you're saying i would like to have my own place so you can do things the way you want it but i don't want to do the management side and the financial side of it so i only want to do dentistry and uh, i think before you have a place that you're really committed to and that's really uh, the way you like it, it will cost you 10 years. So uh, that's why I uh, luckily have found uh, the practice where I work, where they already have um, a vision like I have. So I can do the dentistry that I want and I don't have to, um, and I don't have the, ben the, the downside of the, of the financial side and the, uh, uh, um, and the business side but it's always nice you can always dream of your of your own place um uh, and what you were saying about the level of dentistry is when you think about a country you know there's a lot there's a big difference in the quality of dentistry but if you look at the top dentists from every country you compare them to each other i think their level is very similar and it doesn't yeah. matter if you take a dentist from south africa from brazil from uh, um, Russia from Australia it doesn't really matter if you all put them together their level their level of dentistry is kind of comparable and that's always nice Absolutely. to see that the, that the top end is always the same yeah yeah I totally agree on that one if, even even for um, less well uh, developed countries you see you see amazing dentistry like uh, um uh that's victor guerrero from from uh, uh peru um and and yeah countries like countries like mm -hmm. that where dentists are doing amazing dentistry on 
with the same principles and the same ideology uh, as we as we have and uh, yeah that's great to see yeah yeah definitely great well uh we would like to thank you for uh being our our guest in our karma dentistry podcast um, um uh, and we hope to see you soon so bye well thank you very much for inviting me and lovely to see you guys and uh, take care all the best take care take care, take care bye, bye. Martin. great talking to you Thank you.